war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. DePietro Show, weekdays, we start at 11. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always... Now, he is a columnist with the Boston Globe, uh, mostly focuses on Rhode Island. It is Dan McGowan. And Dan McGowan, before we get into some of the nuts and bolts, uh, you have a very interesting column regarding the seemingly new head of the Providence City Council. And I, it was quite the week between Ashley Kalis and Governor McKee. But uh, what a nice piece by Dan Shaughnessy of the Globe on Hendrick and Johnson native uh, Joe Mazzulla. Oh my God, what a great, you know, it's so nice to see, uh, you know, the full resources, I think, of the Globe, uh, really, you know, being able to, you know, make the calls. Dan Shaughnessy is probably the most, I would argue, the most famous kind of well-known columnist at the Globe, probably in New England. Oh, yeah. And, and yep. to be making, you know, phone calls and, and, you know, essentially like going to Johnston and, 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 and really getting, you know, kind of the skinny on, on this uh, on this really, you know, unfortunate, you know, uh, circumstance, but wonderful opportunity for a Rhode Islander. And, uh, you know, I mean, look, Joe Mazzoula, he, he, he is learning. Uh, he's being thrust into the spotlight here. And. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of coverage of him. And look, you know, the, the, you know, I'm a big basketball fan. The Celtics are a, a, are an elite franchise here. You know, they were in the finals last year. They could very well get back to the finals this year, and it could be a Rhode Islander who leads them there. Um, he doesn't even pretend like, oh, yeah, I was a big Celtic fan. No, he's like, no, we went to PC games. God, chime, God. <laughs> I love and it. And then, honestly, yeah, had a lot of success. So now also, Dan McGowan, folks, again, inside the Boston Globe, uh, no one has better coverage of what's going on with the Patriots with, with Mac Jones and that injury. And th- this is um, – it is really – Shaughnessy's had some great columns, but – you are seeing a, a turning of the tide. The Globe coverage of the Red Sox, the season just went nowhere. Uh, Celtics obviously have had some you know, turmoil. And now the, the Patriots season is on the line with Mac Jones. But we're in today's edition of the Boston Globe. Yeah, well, well the, the thing, this is, you know, certainly in my relatively short time at the Globe, and, and quite frankly, my adult life, because Boston has been, you know, in New England has been such a sports centric place. It, it has been so successful. You know, this is the this is that actual time where you really get to see actually how, um, you know, both in depth, but how uh, important you know a voice that that our sports section can be is because you know now it's not rah rah. The, you know, when's the next parade? Right? When's the next duck boat parade? Now it's. You know, now you're questioning the decisions that get made. Is this quarterback the right decision, uh, you know, uh, you know, for the Patriots moving forward? You've obviously got all this stuff going on with the Celtics. I mean, the Red Sox, look, the, the owners of the Red Sox are the owners of the globe. And I, don't yeah. think would, and I don't think you would find any news organization in the country that's more critical of the Red Sox right now than, yes. than the Boston Globe. So. You know, for 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 you know listeners out there, you really—I mean—if there's ever a time to really, you know, kind of make that switch and really start paying attention to what the Globe has, not only are you getting great Rhode Island coverage, but you know, this is a great moment to be really like paying attention to a, a, a really elite sports staff. Oh yeah, no, it's the end of Title Town. But Dave McGowan, let's get into it. Dave McGowan, you've covered him now. Um, I think it's fair to say, as we've said, Governor McKee. Definitely, uh, you know, he he doesn't exactly have the thickest skin of anyone. But how would how would you describe his demeanor in in going after and how he described Ashley Kalis? You know, John, I'm not sure if you're a poker player, but for poker players out there, you, you always hear the term going on tilt. Right. When you yep. when, when you, you, know, you get a bad hand and you, you, know, you get beat by somebody. And you kind of lose everything, right? You lose your mind and you make bad decisions. There's a little bit of that that I'm seeing in, 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 Gov- in Governor McKee right now. Now, the strange thing about it, and this is, interestingly, this is how poker often works, is it's not always that you, you know, you lost the tournament and then you, you know, you went crazy. It's, 
you know, you got a bad beat. You didn't like oh, the way a, a hand played out. And then you, you start to make, you know, consecutive bad decisions. In this case, look, Dan McKee won the Democratic primary, should have right. come out of there, you know, feeling really good about himself, you know, bungles it on election night with Helena Folks, you know, in the phone call. And then it's been stumble after stumble after stumble. And the thing that the, the thing that's really interesting, it's the thing that you and I have talked about for, you know, for weeks now, months really, is Dan McKee got a relatively smooth pass through the primary. I mean, right until the end, yep. he didn't have, he didn't really face true criticism, you know, paid criticism from his opponents really until the final couple of weeks. Uh, it wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't, he, he was allowed to in some ways, you know, hide. And I don't mean that, but he obviously had lots of public events, but he, he never really had to go on the defensive. He never had to, really, you know, go after, again, right until the end, Helena Foles or Nelly Corbea. What he's facing now is a different kind of opponent who is very willing to, you know, it's, it's cliche because she gets in the, you know, she's a boxer, but who's willing to get in the ring with him, throw some punches. Look, some of her punches are going to be ridiculous. They're going to be silly. But at the same time, she's going to keep coming, right? She's got the money. She's going to throw haymakers at him. Um, and he's not handling it very well. You know, look, no. I, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to see, uh, I think, a couple of different polls, the, the, you know, public polls that are going to come out, and we'll get a better sense of where this race stands. Uh, you know, the, he is acting, I would say, you know, going, ne- you know, going <laughs> negative. Now he's on the air with a negative kind of abortion ad against uh, Ashley Kalis. Yeah. This looks like... He, he, you know, he's seeing something that says, oh, she's gaining ground. I need to kind of put yes. a stop to that. What I'm what yep. I'm interested in seeing is, is that true? Right. If, if this is a 25 point race, you're not doing some of the you know, making some of the mistakes or, or, you know, or changing kind of the course of your campaign the way Dan McKee is making. If this is, if, if, you know, if you're suddenly starting to say, oh, boy, this is inside of 10 points. That's when you start to usually see kind of this this type of action. I mean, let's be clear. I think 538, the, the you know, the, the Nate Silver kind of polling website, you know, they give, I think still they give Dan McKee, the Democratic Party here in Rhode Island, you know, a 96 out of 100 chance to win this race. I mean, this is still his to lose, but there's a chance he could lose it. And he's acting almost as though he's starting to lose the, the grip of it. Dan McGowan, did you get the impression also Again, folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Uh, like behind the scenes, and I said, a problem with Ashley Kalis is not only do they obviously dislike her, but I get the impression that they they just don't even respect her. They think the whole thing that she's running in the box. But did you get the sense that he almost seemed angry with the media that they're even asking him? the questions you know kind of like here's what she said do you want to react to it because that whole thing with the seagull manager that 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 is that was an angry guy talking to the media in that clip it's a really smart point and here's why this is the 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 tendency that you you know somebody who has had a you know some something of a you know kind of difficult relationship with the media like we like i say a lot he's very sensitive um, you're, you're right. I think he's almost, he, he can't believe that, that, you know, he's now getting daily questions about this race and he's going to have to look, you get a little while. Fine. You won the democratic primary two weeks ago. You know, you're feeling good. You're trying to get your, you know, the money in and, and kind of gear up for the general election. But, you know, he is acting as though he, he you know, he, he has won something already and he has, right. And so in his situation now, you know, he, yeah, I think he does come across as though he's like, I can't believe you guys are, you know, taking this seriously. And you know what happens? Look, it's, it's, it's almost a conspiracy driven mind state because what happens is he looks at the coverage that he has gotten. He feels like channel 12 in particular has been extremely unfair to him. And then he looks at this, even though channel 12 has been very 
mean, they, they're the ones that reported on, you know, on Kalis's kind of voting record or, you know, yes. her residency. This, but he doesn't like when you're when you're that angry, you know, this John, you and I have been mad before you get you, you start to put you know blinders on. He does yeah. not think that she is getting the same level of scrutiny that he has gotten for 18 months. Well, guess what? Number one, that's that, that is true. Just, you know, on its face, you're the governor. So, of course, you're getting right. more scrutiny than than your opponent. And and then more recently, it is, in fact, not true. Ashley Kalis is getting plenty of scrutiny now yeah. that she is kind of now that she is the true opponent of Dan McKee. And Dan, and, uh, Dan McGowan and attacking him without any hesitation. Um, you know, I saw your tweet. I, I agree. I don't remember Gina Raimondo him incompetent but that is true that she didn't meet with them so what, what they're doing and whether it's by design or not and again the Kalis campaign the first thing that jumped out of me was the mispronunciation of Pawtucket but what it, what it is doing though it did highlight the fact that you and I know she didn't Governor Amundo would not give him the time of day and That's I right. sat in those COVID yeah. briefings and he would she, with a smirk say he's he can call me if he has a problem she she he was never on stage with her during those COVID briefings the way brett smiley was so you know it's not a hundred percent accurate but you certainly aren't going to see an endorsement of dan mckee from gina raimondo that's not happening no no you're not and, and that's the that's the challenge here is that you know the because the, the campaign right the campaigns they start to everyone starts to you know they want all of us to nitpick every single you know statement that comes out and the mckee people said wait a minute when, when did she ever say that he was useless and incompetent and it's like and, and i'm thinking you know as a as someone who you know is more than just a journalist but as you know as a political observer here do you really want us to highlight that gina raimondo put you on the shelf for for yeah seven years basically uh, right. it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Those are those unforced errors. That's what I'm talking about when I say, you know, he's yes. a little bit on tilt. No, he doesn't want, he shouldn't, he, he should never utter, you know, the Gina Raimondo, Gina Raimondo's name here. And you know what? Like he has every reason to say, basically to kind of thumb his nose at the governor, right? She, clearly her, both the former governor and, you know, the people around her supported Helena Folks in this race, in, in this primary. Guess what? Dan won. Be the bigger man. Get past it. Um, right. I, I don't think that I, I don't think that I would be, um, you know, would be trying to, you know, nitpick sort of the lines. Now, the problem is, is again, when you have a, uh, you know, when you, when your opponent is, um, uh, you know, pretty fierce and is, Again, I, I always emphasize not beholden to kind of the establishment here. Fashley Kalis doesn't win this race. You know, she she's not looking for that next, you know, the, she doesn't want to be the chief of staff to Brett Smiley. No, right. right. She, doesn't, no. she doesn't need work here. And so, yes, she's committed. You, know, you, could, you could argue, well, she'll move or whatever. That is, isn't, it doesn't matter. What matters is she is willing to just say, you know, what's on her mind. She's much more free flowing than he is. If they're yep. going to get so upset about every little thing, I mean, God, can you imagine, can you imagine if Gina Raimondo's team was calling you every time that you, you know, you, you were critical of her and, and, and didn't like the way you phrase something. Cause that's what we're at now. It's, it is now a, uh, you know, I, I don't like what was said there. That one, that one thing was inaccurate, you know, Right. Yes. Now, when you start trying to argue those points, they're way too sensitive. I think it is coming from him. Dimacount also from a political insider who said, well, maybe never on the record. She said she felt <laughs> I heard that, that way. But yeah, folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan, Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. We're speaking with. The Coincid Inn. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn.
columnist of the Boston Globe at Stan McGowan. Dan McGowan, I want to stay with the McKee campaign because, you know, this is what happens. And this is a real campaign. And I'll be honest, I'm kind of enjoying it because the, the truck tolls, like they're hit with that. What does he do? You know, now you have Seth Magaziner saying, well, I would appeal. The laborers telling him, well, you got to appeal. But the McKee people, you know, all he keeps saying is we're going to review the review and then we're going to review it. Um, my, my God, the optics of that and the, the window is closing. It's less than 30 days. But you tell me between the truck tolls and then the fact they got it wrong on the pay raises. Those are self, you know, one out of his control with. That's a that's a that's an unforced error that they made. And I'll, I'll give you another one. He, he's going to Rhode Island College in a forum that's going to have all of the candidates. Now, I, I just this part, this stage of the game, he's going to stand there and get attacked by a 21 year old college student and some of these other fringe candidates. But but what is your take on just where the McKee campaign is right now with some of these unforced errors? Well, go and go in the reverse here in some ways, right? So use that that standing on stage with the with some of these fringe candidates. You're right. I mean, look, you already saw how it worked when you had, um, you know, Matt Brown, Matt Brown. attacking yeah. you constantly throughout the Democratic primary. Now, with a broader electorate, more people paying attention. Look, you you have you know you're gonna you have the 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 crowd of people who you know are, are anti-vax or anti-health you know mandates and stuff like that. Yeah. Suddenly, you're going to have to, you're going to find yourself answering questions about that. You're, he's always been uncomfortable answering questions like that, even if he, he feels like he's gotten it right. So suddenly you're you're potentially, you know, you're if you're being criticized for enacting uh, mandates by someone who's, you know, who's anti mandate, you're going to naturally come across as defending your decision. So suddenly you're alienating a little bit of people there. You're right. All these little things. You know, you, you, there's a reason you've got the, the speaker and the Senate president who keep saying, you know, yeah, we got to appeal that truck toll decision because they don't have serious elections in November. That's right. Right. Yes. You know, the, I, I know Shikarchi does, in fact, have a Republican, but, but is almost certainly going to roll to victory. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. they're saying they're saying, look, it's time to govern. It's time to you know, it's time to think about, you know, we, we got to appeal this. We've already we're already, you know, pot committed, so to speak. Um you know, I'm, I, I will say I'm a little surprised by by uh, by Seth Magaziner because uh, you know he isn't a contested race, and there are there are people that are really you know against that. But you know, I, you know, I think this is this is the challenge. Look, it's, it, it, this is what governing actually looks like. You know, the benefits right. of being the incumbent are huge, right? You're always you're always on television. You're always dominating the news cycle. But guess what? You know, you also have to answer for all of these. You know the the tough things that come up. You kind of you bungle the pay raise thing with your directors. You you know you're you're dilly dallying over the the tolls. You're gonna have a you have a serious person on the other side who's gonna make a compelling case to voters to say, at the very least, you know, if I'm Ashley Kalis, I might actually say, hey, you know what? You don't even have to like me right now. At least I'm decisive. Uh, at least yes. I will tell you, you know, I'll tell you like it is. I'll tell you what my perspective is, because right now, Dan McKee is kind of caught in that web. And it's a cycle. It's a it's a it's a spinning cycle that he's had ever since he took office, where once he faces heat, he does not like that kind of that pressure and that, that having to make he hard decisions. No. And Tom McCarthy took a swing at him with that. Dan McGowan, I'll say this. The one thing that I think is really going to stand out and I am surprised that Kalis is getting the traction she's getting. I, I was at an event, I'll say this, they don't know her name, they know the boxing commercial, but I, yep. I was even surprised. This was, I was with a bunch of Hendrickson guys, it was a reunion, and they're like, now what, what about, who's that woman? I like that she, I'll tell you, this is a funny election. People are upset, they don't like the direction that things are going. I, I know it, it seems, it seems even I found, I was dismissive of her, like I called her the, <laughs> running for governor but the the atmosphere right now the voters is pretty sour and he's not doing anything to get people to warm up to him so I, yeah I, I am very anxious they're going to be so different on the stage that he he has to be careful because right now her attack lines are far more in touch 
with like where the crowd is at, where the mob is at, the applause lines. Um, he's going to have his hands full on a debate stage with her. He is, he's going to have his hands full. And when you're up there one-on-one, which I hope, you know, Channel 12, I, I'm sure will not include the fringe candidates. I hope no. Channel 10 doesn't include the uh, fringe candidates God. too. Because one-on-one, I think you're right now. If I'm Dan McKee, I would say, if and if I'm if, not Dan McKee, but I guess Dan McKee's team, I would say, look, yeah, don't sweat this. You are, you are, in fact, the governor. You are naturally going to have an advantage of, you know, you actually do know more about this state and how it works than she does. Find ways to expose that. Let her, you know, what what Ashley Kalis needs to avoid in those debates is she needs to, you know, avoid the situation where she accidentally thinks you know, Cumberland is in Massachusetts or something like that, right? She, she, if she has one of those kind of slip ups, then, right. you know, it, it, you know, suddenly we're talking about how her campaign fell apart. So she's got that challenge. He needs to find a, find ways to put her in a tough spot where she doesn't know the answer. Uh, the thing yes. about it is, is he's not that quick on his feet. And so, no. you know, I, I think he'll, I think he will struggle. I think he tends to get, you know, you saw it a little bit with the Matt Brown. Now you and I laughed when he, you know, made fun yeah. of him for sweating too much. Guess what? Next to a woman on stage, you can't say you're sweating too much, you know? No, um, that's right. And, and she's smart. She'll play. She, she has this great, she, what she's very good at is she's a bulldog. She'll, she'll attack you. But then she also can say, wait a minute, I'm a mother. How dare you attack me and my children? That's right. Um, and so she'll have different angles to play here, too. Those debates are going to be fascinating. And I think you're right. Look, right now, gun to my head, you know, put the house on the line. I think Dan McKee will probably win this race. I don't think it's a done deal, though. I think she she's going to grow. I think she's spending all the money and running the campaign she needs to run. And you're right. It's a strange time in this country and in this state. People people are upset. They, they don't love the direction. They don't love Biden. Um and so, he, and, and they don't they they like him, generally speaking, but they don't love his job performance. No. And on top of that, listen, you, the, these negative ads, her negatives are raising, but his negatives are yep. are also high. And he, as we talked about, he came out of that primary bruise. Helena, folks, one. Now, before I let you go, folks, there's a good piece in this morning's Boston Globe, Dan McGowan, who sat down with Rachel Miller. McGowan, I'm going to say is what she says all the right things. She is a very poised, calculating. I like the the story about John Lombardi and so forth. But I'm anxious to see when she gets in there. She has some pretty dream friends as far as influences. And I want to see if she can kind of walk when people like Mike Arreo and others are putting pressure on her like you know, come on, what's the deal? Like, what, what you're not going finally. That, that to me is when the rubber, you know, meets the road. It's a really good point. I'll tell you, the thing that I kept thinking in my head, you know, I should have, it would have been, I should have written this. I should have written these words. You know, we talk about, you and I for years have talked about, you know, Alan Fung, and there are lots of Republicans who say he's a Republican in name only, a rhino, right? Uh, you hear, you, you've always heard that about, you know, Gina Raimondo. She's a dino. She's a Democrat in name only. In some ways, Rachel Miller is trying to have this socialist in name only, right? She likes, yeah. the, she likes the, the concept of being, you know, very progressive. It's what fits her neighborhood and kind of her friends and, you know, labor, you know, workers' rights, that kind of thing. Then you start to talk to her and you're, and you're like, are you going to defund the police? No, no, I'm not going to defund the police. You know, what, what exactly is it that makes you a socialist? It really is. It's a mind state. It's a, you know, it's a sure. She is far to the left compared to probably, certainly me, certainly you. The thing about it is, it's like she, what she's going to try to, I think, push, you know, Mayor Smiley on is, you know, how do you, how do you improve these tax deals so that you're guaranteeing more jobs for, you know, Providence residents, stuff like that. I think that you don't really talk about very often. You and I certainly wouldn't talk about very often, but you, you just hit it on the head. The thing about this is, is that she's pragmatic. She's smart. The problem is, is that when you're sitting around with your friends and they're, and they don't like something, the mayor who they all, you know, have, have kind of labeled, you know, uh, uh, this is ridiculous, but a, but a Republican, that's essentially what, you know, the liberals in Providence think of Brett Smiley. 
Uh, That's right. You know, are they going to gin her up? Are they going to push her, you know, to, to, you know, far? By the way, there are people on this council that are further left than her. So how is she going to react to them? And there isn't the same firewall. You know, these people aren't household names, but John, you've covered them for a long time. You're, you know, you're losing John Igliosi. You're losing Nick Narducci. You're losing Mike yeah. Correa. These are all, you know, older kind of Italian white men who held the line. They were a little bit of a firewall against yep. the most radical stuff. Um, yes. You don't have that anymore. You only you only have a couple of those people left. And so you're right. I, I'm going to be interested in see and see how she kind of gets ginned up uh, as she becomes the president. Folks, again, I start each day with Roadmap. It's Monday through Friday. It arrives in your inbox. Uh, tells me every day something that I don't know. Dan McGowan often uh, makes breaks news. There's links to all top stories in the globe. Dan McGowan, you'd be so kind to extend that offer to everyone listening. Yeah, very simple for everyone out there. It, this is completely free. You get it around 8 a.m. every weekday morning just send me a blank email. You don't have to do anything other than send a blank email to rinews at globe.com. rinews at globe.com. I'll know what it is. I'll sign you up. You'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Great job as always. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Have a good one. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. At Med Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, At Med Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals, they're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. It's time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he is one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. He's also our legal analyst. It is attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, if you don't mind, I'd like to um, start off with, uh, it's kind of an unusual situation, but the situation that is playing out right now in Winsocket with Mayor Lisa Belli Hunt, that they're trying to uh, replace her, have her removed. It's, it's her uh legal folks that apparently stepped in on this but if you don't mind i'd like to start off with what we're witnessing uh that keeps getting delayed here the situation in one socket members of the town council at least one member is attempting to conduct a hearing to remove the mayor from office on the allegation that she is ignoring um instructions or decisions or and either ignoring their decisions or doing things, you know, contrary to what the council tells her to do. Um, this is all by the um, charter for the town, the city of Woonsocket. And every town charter and city charter is different in terms of the mechanics to remove an elected official. This is not a situation where the voters would be recalling the mayor. Um, I'm not precisely uh, aware of the um, charter provision that allows for this proceeding to occur. Her attorneys court delayed this hearing to go forward. Um, 
typically with anything like this, there's, you know, a specific administrators that have to be followed. I'm not aware if the council member who is, um, Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 we're speaking with our legal expert it's attorney Tim Dodds Tim I want to quickly just get your thought so far the governor and DOT they say they haven't decided yet if they're going to appeal this roadworks that got thrown out. This is the tolling of the trucks. Now, it's my understanding, I believe they have 30 days or 30 days from when they had found out about that. Um, any insight on this? I mean, you know, it went ahead. It kind of played its well itself through the legal process. Um, we've kind of covered this where it kind of went back and forth and then it did get tossed. Any feeling on, to me, it seems as though, again, just my sense that the state that they, they'd actually like to try to revisit it and appeal, but they're a little more conscious of the optics of, of how that would look, let alone Governor McKee is, you know, trying to get himself elected here come November 8th. Well, politically, the optics of this are terrible to look at it, but putting that all aside, if the state takes an appeal... Certainly, while the case is on appeal, they're not using the gantries, they're not tolling out-of-state trucks, and they can wind their way through the process to try to get their ability to toll only out-of-state trucks instituted. Um, I don't know on whose air it was, but I heard Peter Alfiti being interviewed, and the questions were asked, like, before the state went ahead with these gantries, didn't they get, you know, legal opinions that they could rely on? Oh, yeah, they did. Well, are those same lawyers representing the state if this is taken up on appeal? No, we've got different lawyers now. So, oh, wow. So certainly this went forward because lawyers somewhere within or without state government said, yeah, you can do this. You can treat out-of-state truckers differently than in-state truckers and violate the Commerce Clause of the Constitution. So that's not going to happen. If, they, if the state does not take an appeal, then I guess the decision would have to be made, and certainly, as we know, it wouldn't be made till after the elections in November, to say, well, I guess we're going to have to toll everybody, or or in-state trucks and out-of-state trucks, or, gee, we're going to have to start, we we can't differentiate, so we're going to have to toll everybody. Yep, cars. I mean, if if you're a card-carrying cynic, you might is the end result that the state knew it was going to get all along. Sure. Toll the out-of-state trucks, let them pay, let them go through the um, judicial process, remembering that Judge Smith and the federal court initially had dismissed the truck uh, out-of-state truckers' um, lawsuit. Um, The truckers had a circuit who reversed Judge Smith and said, no, there's a case here, you have a trial. After the trial, Smith finds that Judge Smith finds that the truckers were right. So now, if the state knew all along this day was going to come, and it would be found that you can't just toll um, out-of-state truck drivers, is the fault? Say, gee, now we have to do it. We have to look at look at say truckers told us we were have to toll everybody. 
I mean, the state's not going to let this money get away from them. They've got a huge multi-million dollar investment. I think you talked about it on your air to put these gantries up in the first place. They're not going to take them down. They're not going to let money off of these things and if they can't just do the out-of-state trucks i'll I'll bet you a cup of coffee after the election they're gonna start calling everybody folks again we're speaking with our legal expert attorney tim dot tim once again alex jones finds himself in a courtroom his family's from sandy hook uh he kind of lost his temper in this particular trial saying he's he's done apologizing but do we have any reason to believe there's going to be a different outcome in the in the courtroom regarding these families i mean it, it it seems to be the same pattern that that is that even though now he may say now he realizes that it, it was in fact true and happened. That's not what he was saying. And once again, he continues to put stuff on about the judge and they're de- demonic. And uh, it, I, it, it just seems to be, it's obviously a little bit different, but it's really not that much different than his, his first trial. It's, it's not in, in this case that's going on in Connecticut. Um, he was already defaulted about a year ago, meaning he can't put on a defense. He can't put on arguments. This is really just a question of damages. What the measure of damages is, but he is a defaulted defendant. He can't put on witnesses uh, to, to try to have a, a factual defense. All he can do is try to um, mitigate it against what the damages are going to be that this jury awards. So it's just a question of how much. Now, they've already put started, they've put on a bunch of witnesses, the process, the, the plaintiffs have, and they're putting on family members again, talking about the horrific experiences they had, being held up to ridicule and scorn, um, slander, blind, um, you name it all because of what um, they say, all because of what um, InfoWars and Alex Jones were putting out there. Statements that Alex Jones knew or should have known were false, that this was all a scam, this was all for television, none of these kids died, the parents are all actors, and this is all to get the, the country sympathetic for further gun control. It was always a preposterous argument. He made a lot of money by putting forth this preposterous argument. He's got a lot of listeners who still believe that it's these parents were actors and that nobody died. Um, He's still making money off of it. And I think here will be as significant as it was in Texas. Mm -hmm. Tim, Dad, finally, uh, as the January 6th stuff continues to pour out what are we to make of the fact that apparently they took the phones of some of the secret service agents yeah i i don't really know what to make of that um, early i mean re, it's actually fairly recently that the um fbi agents who were on scene on january 6 were ordered to hand over their cell phones and I'm, I'm presuming it's all material that's going to be looked at by the January 6th committee. They'll cherry pick information that they think is useful. Apparently they've had some difficulty retrieving some of the texts that were uh, either sent by or received by the um, agents who were there that day. Um, I think a lot of people would feel better about if out about what happened that day and not just selecting amongst all the facts that to the public. So I think all of this is continuing to look for a smoking gun to really put um, Donald Trump or his administration in cahoots with the organizers of, of the January 6th storming of the Capitol. Um, coordination there might have done, how much direction there might have been. And the fact that they're still looking for cell phones and records tells me they really don't have it all buttoned up quite yet. Right. Folks, again, he is our legal analyst. It is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, excellent job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. Folks, again, we continue with our legal uh, 
expert attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, I apologize, technical glitch on our end, but just finish up about uh, uh, Woonsocket City Council trying to remove Mayor Lisa Bell Deli Hunt. Yes, I mean, there's if the council members who are trying to the mayor out are not specifically following charter provisions, they may find that they're going to have a hard time. Um, anecdotally, many years ago, in a case where uh, council members were unhappy with the council president in the city of Cranston, and they were bound and determined out the council president. I represented the council president and we prevailed um, because there was no charter provision. There was no mechanism to remove a council president. So the council said, yeah, that's interesting. And they went ahead and they removed the council president anyways. We went to superior court on appeal and the court agreed there was no mechanism to do what the council did in the first place. So I'd be curious to know if there's clear enough provisions in one socket to allow for what the council is attempting. It's, it's highly unusual. And typically, if there is a provision, the mayor would have the ability to defend herself, to put on a case. And, you know, council said, we want you to put a, I don't know, some facility in this location and the, and the mayor puts it in a different location or doesn't do it at all, is that a sufficient dereliction of duty to warrant removal? Typically, John, it would only be for things like, um, you know, committing criminal, committing crime, committed crimes while in office or a dereliction of duty misfeasance, malfeasance, um, you know, not simply that there's a disagreement between council and the, and the mayor. That happens in every city and town. The mayor's sure. always at odds with the council. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen anything in the media by the council people, particularly the mayor has done wrong other than she put a dog park where the council wanted something else. I don't think that would be enough to have her removed unless there's something much more serious, much more egregious that their mayor has done or failed to do. Yeah, it, and, and I think it's interesting, Tim Dodd, that the mayors from, you know, she did have support at the meeting. Mayor Pawtucket was there. Mayor Cranston was there. Um, uh, there's something about this, especially that elections coming up in November. I mean, this if they suddenly just start removing people that are elected, I think we, we go into a different direction. Tim Dodd, there's also a story on uh, one of the wealthiest families in Rhode Island, and you hate to see something like this, but all of this wealth, but it just seems they are completely embroiled in all these legal disputes. Yes, uh, the, you're talking about the Chase family, the legendary yes. Chase family. Uh, Malcolm Chase, um, the elder, famously... Um, was one of the owners of Hathaway uh, Mills in Massachusetts. That operation ultimately got um, acquired early on by uh, Warren Buffett. And the Chase family kind of followed along with what Warren Buffett was from an investment standpoint. And they had spectacular success. I mean, mm. unbelievable success as, as a family. Malcolm Chase, the or the guy that really was friendly with Buffett, passed years ago. His son, Malcolm the Fourth, um, didn't get to the funds. Um, Malcolm Chase, that passed away, put his assets in trust, and that trust is managed by. They all have nicknames. It gets confusing, but Buff Chase who is a cousin of Malcolm IV, and they are at war. I'm sure Malcolm wishes that he was running the show, managing the trust, earning the fees for managing and making the investment decisions. He's not, however. Buff Chase is the person who 
largely, I think he's got one co-trustee, but largely manages the trust, makes money as the trustee, and controls where the investments are made. Uh, Malcolm's faction is upset because Buff apparently takes trust and invests in um, properties and other business opportunities that has an interest in. So that raises a question, is Buff exercising the appropriate fiduciary duty to all of the trust beneficiaries? And there's about a dozen people who are beneficiaries under this trust. Is Buff buying assets that he has a partial ownership in doing the best for the trust and the beneficiaries? Or is he doing the best for himself by taking trust money and putting it into things that he has an interest in? He has an obligation, you know, get the highest and best return on the money that he's managing. Um, The further problem or complaint that the Malcolm faction, if you will, has is that Buff does not make accountings. He doesn't do an annual accounting. He doesn't inform the trust beneficiaries where he's investing money and in what assets he. So if Buff doesn't, if Buff was investing, let's say, in, I don't know, McDonald's, let's say, and doesn't have an ownership interest, maybe he's a stock owner, big deal. But if he's investing in assets in Providence where he is a partner investor and suddenly this trust is investing in those um, assets either to further their development, prop them up, who knows? But beneficiaries don't know. They're not getting um, any accounting. They're not getting reports. They're not being informed. So this calendar in Providence Superior Court, um, all of back and forth amongst the family factions is overseen by Judge Stern, who does an excellent job on the business calendar. I'm sure he'll sort it out, but it does seem like the Malcolm faction has legitimate um, complaints that they're not being informed as to what the trust activities are. Now, the Buff faction, John, would likely say we are doing our fiduciary duty consistent with the provisions of the trust and the rules of the game. So did the trust require the trustee to make an annual accounting to the beneficiaries? What does the on that topic? We, we don't know. You know, the, the attorneys all know who are involved representing the interested parties, but the public largely doesn't know. And a question will be, is the buff trustee faction honoring the language directives of the trust? If the Malcolm side might find that they're out of luck, um, it's good. There's lots of this types of litigation. It's you know, disgruntled people, you know, suing the trustee because they don't think it's assets are being invested correctly. This is different because the numbers are so huge. It's not like a typical trust. This is a mega trust with mega wealthy people, about mega, mega significant assets. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. 
Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. To the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2 but visit the website dipetro.com that's the best way to reach me there's a direct link contact john we also have all our sponsors right there we have unique original reporting stories videos also all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube or twitter it's all right there at the website dipetro.com and then remember once you're there you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com. And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website dipetro.com. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006. And also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439-6028. 439-6028. Whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com remain healthy stop it and see marie at it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland you can also look for her on facebook but call her 401-305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ice honey maple syrup beef fresh gum over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices plus hemp and cbd products natural skin care it's my health pop in and see marie 1099 menden road in cumberland there's things for your pets there's things for your children there's things for your health stay healthy at it's my health 1099 menden road in cumberland again call marie 401-305-3585 diagonally across from davenport restaurant thing to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com folks visit the website on the website you'll see all our links to social media whether it's facebook or youtube instagram even TikTok. plus you if you want to reach me that's the best way to do it we have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website dipetro.com